this is Nick Chubb. Thanks for listening to the Dogs of War podcast. I'm Joe Thomas, and you're listening to the Dogs of War podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast, the number one Browns podcast on the planet. You got Kevin and Raleigh. And ladies and gentlemen, we have quite the guest for you all here today. Born and raised in Wadsworth, Ohio, before attending Ashland University for college. It's our second Ashland University star on this podcast. He's in a little movie called Feel the Dreams. Ever heard of it? Where he plays John Kinsella, father of Kevin Costner's character and one of the most iconic scenes of all time. One of the most iconic movies of all time. He's been in hundreds of films, plays, television shows. Did you know that in Feel the Dreams, over 300 people auditioned for that role? I did not know And that. Jim Carrey. And he got it. Whoa. Yes. Last year, he opened the Baseball Hall of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa, where Field of Dreams was filmed. We'll get into that in a little bit. He bought a dairy building in order to do so. Very Iowa. In 2014, he wrote his memoir, If You Build It, a book about fathers, fate, and Field of Dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our privilege to introduce you to Dwyer Brown. Mr. Brown, thank you for joining us, sir. And how are you doing? Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, good to see you guys. Should we also add that he's a Browns fan, Kevin? That's a big part of this. Yes. I, I saw. I thought the whole Wadsworth, Ohio thing, but you're right. That is my, my fault. Um, there's so many other accolades on the old resume here. But yes, Dwyer is a lifelong Browns fan. And heading into the playoffs here, it was very important to bring on important Browns fans on the, on the podcast this week. And and before yeah, we get- it seems like uh, you know my my being a fan hasn't uh, helped them too much, but uh, you know maybe this year it's going to this week. And let me break this down to you. So, not you, the uh, audience. Um, side note: I started taking this dietary supplement, and I've never been more jittery in my life. Unrelated side story. So so on Saturday, I posted a meme from Field of Dreams, smugly patted myself on the back, where basically you have Dwyer's character saying, "Is this heaven?" And Kevin Costner says, instead of no, this is Iowa. He says, this is the Browns making the playoffs and not having to agonize over the outcome of this weekend. So when I posted it within a couple of hours, I got a text from my friend saying, hey, I'm not sure if you know, but the guy in that meme that you posted, he's actually from Ohio and is a lifelong Browns fan and is friends with my dad's good friend. So here we are. And I thought, well, that could be a really good omen. And we needed some really good omens, Kevin, because Earlier this week, Pat McAfee's co-host said to C.J. Stroud, hey, everyone's saying that you guys can't beat the Browns and the the Ravens should only fear Joe Flacco, which I take jinxes very seriously, and we need to get some counter jinx on that action. I thought, wow, if me posting that meme led to us talking to this actor who played one of the most iconic father figure ghosts in an iconic father figure son relationship movie, that everyone knows that could be huge. And not only that, the actor he's next to Kevin Costner went on to play a controversial GM in Cleveland Browns fantasy history. So here we are. So if you couldn't yeah. tell everyone, uh, yeah, Raleigh is one of the most, is the most superstitious person I follow, but yes, the stars were aligning here because you obviously are in that iconic scene with Costner. Then he's in draft day. You're a Browns fan. This is a Browns podcast playoffs. It was just perfect. Um, so after that, uh, tale there, Dwyer, can you talk about, you know, your earliest memories of being a Browns fan, just growing up as a Browns fan? Oh gosh. Well, you know, I, I, my brother Ferris is a year and a half older than me. And, uh, you know, we would be inside watching the Browns game and, you know, getting all hyped up and then, you know, we'd run outside in the snow and, you know, run into each other and, you know, and in the snow drifts and, you know, uh, so it, it was, uh, 
you know, it was quite a thing, you know, the, the years, the cardiac kids years were, you know, the most exciting for us, I guess, because, you know, whether or not we won or lost, there would always be some crazy ending to the games. But, uh, you know, it, it's just, you know, you're, you're a Browns fan because, uh, you know, there you are and, and they're your team. So, uh, yeah, we, we had some disappointing years, but, uh, you know, as great Cleveland uh, Browns fans, and I, I've been told, according to studies, that they're the best fans, uh, you know, through thick and thin as far as attendance goes and all that. And, you know, we can all be proud of that. The best, the most medicated, the most insane. Yeah, we'll take all those titles for sure. Exactly. I We could do an entire multi-hour podcast on just the movie alone. Um, I was wondering, and I, I've actually always wanted to ask this question. You're filming it. It's 1989. You and Costner, you know, hanging out up in Dyersville, eating some corn at the time, you know, I, I assume you guys didn't realize like, Oh, this is going to be one of the most iconic movies ever. Can you talk about that camping trip you took to Lake Isabella in Florida when you kind of said that was when it finally hit you of how huge and how culturally impactful this movie was? Yeah. I mean, actually this Lake Isabella is in California, but uh, yeah, I, I was just out camping, you know, I, I would, you know, get out of town whenever I could, you know, uh, acting business is kind of rough. And so, you know, I would go out to nature and I just happened to be camping. I went into a little, uh, camp store to get some food for breakfast and I'm, you know, walking around the aisles and I see this guy kind of eyeing me from the other end of the aisle in this little, you know, kind of bait shop grocery store thing. And I'm like, oh, that's weird, you know? So I walked down the next aisle and there he is again. And I'm like, Jesus, like what's going on anyway, he kind of sidles up to me real shy and says, uh, Hey, um, um, did I go to high school with you? And I'm like, uh, no, I was pretty confident. I know I, I went to high school in Ohio. I, you know, uh, you know, see you later. I'm trying to get away from this little guy. Cause I don't know what, I don't know what he's up. And he kind of looks at me and he goes, um, gosh, you know, I, I know what it is. You, you kind of look like that, that guy from field of dreams. And, and I was kind of taken aback because, uh, you know, I I'd, I'd been in the acting business for six or seven years, but never to the point where somebody would recognize me in public. And, and so I kindly, I said, well, you know, actually I, I am that guy. And he goes, no, you're not. And I said, yeah, I am. And he said, no, no. And I said, you know, so here I am trying to convince this guy that I'm exactly who he thought he was, who, <laughs> who he thought I was. And, uh, but, uh, anyway, you know, after we get rid of that from where he, he believes me and, and all of a sudden, you know, I could see his face kind of, kind of freeze and, and, and there were like tears welling in his eyes. And I, I didn't know what was going on with this guy, but he said, you know, uh, I, I just want to thank you for, for being in that movie. If, uh, you know, that, that movie, I, I hadn't talked to my dad for 20 years. And, you know, when I saw that movie, I, I just went home and I grabbed my dad's hand. I said, just come with me. Don't ask questions. And I sat and watched the movie again with him. And at the end of it, we were both crying. And, you know, he, he said, you know, and, and we just decided, I, I didn't even remember what we had been arguing about that, that, that separated us for 20 years, but we decided to just get over it and, and, you know, and, and have a relationship with each other. And, and I just want to thank you for that. He said, and, and I was like, wow, uh, you know, that's, that's an amazing story. And, you know, I, I found myself, you know, here we are, we, we were hugging each other in this little bait shop and all these other fishermen are kind of like, who are these guys, you know? And, and, uh, but, you know, it was just one in a, in a series of, of encounters I've had, you know, dozens and dozens of them over the years where somebody will recognize me in an airport or a, or a grocery store and, 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 
you know, just start telling me these stories about their dads. And it, it feels like, you know, I sort of feel like this uh, priest who's hearing confessions all over the country. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know, but but my dad died suddenly 30 days before I went to go shoot that movie. So, uh, you know, it certainly had a deeper meaning for me too. you know, having left my dad's funeral to go to Iowa to play a, a dead father coming out of the cornfield to play catch with their son. It, 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 um, you know, it, it, it had a, a deeper effect on me. And, and so I feel like it's sort of my, my penance to, you know, hear these stories and, and listen to people. And it reminds me of my dad. And so it's kind of this great little, uh, kind of feel good, uh, story, I guess for everybody. So absolutely, yeah, that's, that's you, how it started. You brought your dad's glove to day one of the filming, but they made you use a catcher's glove. Is that correct? Oh. Yeah, yeah. I, because my dad had just died. This is the this is the glove my, he taught my brother and I to play catch with. He got from his dad, uh, and you know when I left his funeral, I, I took it with me, hoping that I could get it into the movie as a little um, you know homage. But uh, because I played a catcher, they gave me a vintage catcher's mitt, which was uh, you know fine. But uh, I still take it wherever I go, and it's just my way of uh, you know staying in touch with my dad. Always got in the holster. That's incredible, man. When when did you find out that I mean, a movie so iconic, Major League Baseball now does a game on the site the movie was filmed. Could you ever, when you guys were back there again, you and Kevin Costner sitting there, you know, enjoying some corn in the beautiful fields of Iowa? Did that even like? Could you even comprehend that if you went back then? That Major League Baseball now has a game where it was filmed. Yeah, I, I, fortunately, I got to go to both those games. But I mean, there's no way we could have imagined, you know, to be honest, the script for Field of Dreams was so sweet and and touching that I think all of us just thought we were never going to, th this movie was going nowhere. It was just one of those scripts that as an actor, it comes along so infrequently, you you just want to do it, you know, it, but it didn't have anything to recommend it. You know, at the time, baseball movies were a pariah. There hadn't been a baseball movie made in years at that time. Bull Durham came out the summer we were shooting it and which kind of changed things. But up until that point, you know, baseball movies were, you know, really avoided by studios. And, and this one, you know, it's got ghosts. It doesn't have any love story. It doesn't have uh, violence or, or any of the thing that would recommend a movie, but it was just such a beautiful script. I mean, reading the script, all of us, you know, were in tears the same way, you know, once the movie was finished, it, it, it came out, but, uh, you know, we, I just, what was great for me was I grew up on a farm in, in, well, our mailing address was Wadsworth, but we lived near Sharon center, Ohio population 300. Uh, you know, and I, I dreamed of being an actor, you know, and did little plays in, in our little, in Sharon center, uh, uh, town hall and, and at our church and, and, you know, dreamed of being an actor and here, you know, seven, eight years later, I'm in this movie with Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones and Burt Lancaster, one of my childhood heroes. And we're on a farm very much like the one I grew up on, except I'm an actor this time. And we're doing this movie that has now gone on to become, of course, uh, iconic. And I mean, so it was, you know, and the whole my father connection and everything, it was really kind of an amazing experience for me all the way around. Kind of what we were talking about earlier, just uh, the gentleman you came across at that store it's occurred to me since having a kid and running this Instagram page and being on this podcast that the father son or the parent child rather relationship is something that really is echoed in being a fan of any team. And I'll get a decent amount of DMS uh, a year 
people talking about how, you know, the memories that they've had with their dad or their mom growing up that are no longer with us. And it's something really special. And it ties into, you know, Joe Flacco. Uh, This is, I thought, kind of cool. And uh, Zagura brought it up last week. Shout out Nate Zagura. That when Joe Flacco had his Super Bowl run and he was in the prime of his uh, Ravens days, most of his kids weren't even born. The one kid that was born was like 10 months old. And now they're finally getting to see their dad play meaningful football again. And they are just all about it. And he, he said that it's something really special. And I think a beautiful concept in itself. Um, but yeah, like you were saying that, that movie and that beautiful second chance that you and Kevin Costner's characters were able to kind of have like a, second chance even though it's obviously fantasy in that movie it's something that was just really powerful and that i'll never forget that scene of hey dad great time you want to have a catch and that role you've come across people but has brought more joy than anybody could fathom it's something it's a immortal mark in history and it's well, thanks. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think it's particularly touching that it's Joe Flacco, who, of course, you know, beat us so many times when yeah. he's with the Ravens. But but, uh, uh, you know, also, um, you know, he's he's been uh, I mean, he's just amazing to watch. You know, I was watching the other day and I thought I, I never knew Joe Flacco was so big when he stands in the pocket now. And I thought, oh, wow, this guy's six, six. And, and yeah. Uh, but but even that you know it, it, back in those years when when Art Modell bought the Browns and then moved them you know to to Baltimore to become the Ravens you know and now you know a former Ravens you know quarterback is coming back to uh, you know revitalize our our season where you know we've had five different starting quarterbacks and you know it's been uh, you know it just seems it seems a very Browns ending to a season. Oh, absolutely! Five quarterbacks in the last six weeks is about as Browns as it gets. Except this time, the schedule is reversed, or the record is reversed, what it used to be. Yeah. Um. W- one more. Uh. One more question. What was around the movie? How cool was it to see Griffey Senior and Griffey Junior walk out of that cornfield and have a catch? Uh. It, it was. Uh. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. I. Unreal. I. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, the father son thing, they, you know, the MLB as much as they can screw up a lot of things and, and, you know, they have quite a track record, but mm-hmm. those games that they did there at the, at the field of dreams, I was kind of concerned about it. Cause you know, it's such a sweet little place still on that farm. And I was worried that, you know, they would turn it into an amusement park and uh, but they did a beautiful job building that stadium and, and using a hand operated scoreboard and the way they, you know, the, it was just such a beautiful sight to have people hitting, home runs into the corn. Uh, it was, it was just a thrill to, to kind of think that, you know, 35 years ago this year, we were, uh, that, that, that movie came out and, and, and here we are, you know, with MLB planning to play, you know, many more games there. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's staggering to think, you know, that my little career I had among all the roles I had was this little five minutes that, uh, you know, we're still talking about now. Little career. Let me see. You've played a doctor, baseball player, captain, sheriff, ambassador, priest, a lot of other roles. I don't think it's very little, but it's all right. You're, you're being, you're being humble. We, we appreciate that. Um, before hey, I'm from you... Ohio. It was that you've got to be humble. Oh yeah. yeah I'm, I'm from Ohio. You've got to be humble. Fact. Man. fact. Um, I know we got to let you go here in a minute. Um, speaking of Dyersville and that field, could you tell us a little bit about that uh, Tegler Dairy building you purchased a couple years ago? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I mean I do events there at, at Dyer, in Dyersville where we, where we shot the movie uh, in Iowa, and um, I just kept seeing this beautiful old building. It's from 1860. It's built of limestone and brick, and it's it's just this beautiful thing that had been a, a dairy and it started out as a brewery and it was built in 1860. I mean, when Abraham Lincoln was just elected president and, uh, but it was falling into disrepair and, and I kept seeing it for sale and nobody was buying it. And I, I just, uh, you know, I, I did a kind of a, a, a rake and sell a move there where I kind of pictured, Oh my gosh, this building's supposed to be mine. And so we bought it a few years ago and have been re re Furbishing it, and um, and we opened a little museum there called the Hall of Dreams, the Baseball Hall of Dreams, where uh, you know we we kind of celebrate the the heart of of baseball. And uh, anyway, it's it's open in the summer, so any of you who make your way out there, I, I recommend you go see the the real field, the movie site. The the field is still there, just like it was for the most part when we shot the movie. And three miles away, you can go see the Baseball Hall of Dreams and. Uh, and uh, right next door is the If You Build It uh, exhibit, which is about the making of the movie. So we're trying to create a baseball uh, presence. So there's something more to do there than, than just visit the, uh, the, the, the movie site, which is, you know, like I said, awesome. So anyway, but it's been a good thing. And you guys are from Chicago. You know that, I mean, you were talking earlier about all those lean years. And I remember when the Cubs finally won the, the World Series that, you know, unfortunately against the Indians, but they, uh, you know, there were people, uh, kids, uh, you know, sons who took flowers to their father's grave because the, the, the fathers had suffered through all those terrible years. And finally, you know, they had a championship. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can have a similar story this year with the Browns that, uh, you know, some of the diehard Browns fans who've, you know, kind of gone to a higher plane, uh, maybe we'll get to celebrate, uh, you know, with a, with a great finish to our season, I hope. Oh man, that, that's hard to beat right there. That was hard to beat, but I do got to ask this question and maybe we edit it and put it earlier before and keep that as the ending. Um, I don't recall if you had any talking scenes with him, but what did, did you ever cross paths during shooting with James Earl Jones? Oh yeah, it uh I I write about that in the book actually about meeting all these, you know, people who were heroes of mine, but James Earl was probably the guy I was the most scared of just because you know, he's Darth Vader. How yeah. do you how do you introduce yourself to Darth Vader, you know? Uh but uh Another he was strange just such a nice guy. relationship. <laughs> yeah, that one really didn't go well. Um but yeah, it, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, you know, James Earl grew up on a farm down in the south and so I mean, I I was just trying to figure out you know, what to say to him, how to introduce myself. And he just reached over and said, hi, I'm Jimmy. And, uh, and, you know, I know and then just, you know, yeah, yeah, I know who you are. Just, just broke the ice, but, uh, you know, it was just very kind of him to do with, you know, a young actor on a set who was, you know, clearly nervous. And, uh, but you know, it was, uh, it was just such a great cast. We ended up, you know, playing catch and having little pickup games on the field between takes. And, you know, it was amazing time in Kevin's career. Like I said, uh, Bull Durham came out while we were shooting Field of Dreams. So so his fame was kind of skyrocketing while we we're there in Iowa. And, you know, the bars we would go out to suddenly we couldn't go to anymore because the girls were crowding him. And, and you know, in, in between takes, he went to his uh, his Winnebago and was writing uh, field, uh, writing um, uh, uh, Dances with Wolves. So uh, it was just kind of this amazing little uh, period. And, you know, of course, uh, Field of Dreams ended up being okay too. I know we're we're past our limit here, but can we close out? Can you talk about that memoir you wrote in 2014? Um, I know there's just, I mean, you talk about, you know, the fathers and the movie and, and there's a lot of different angles of that book that I think can, a lot of people can relate to. 
Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had gone through with these encounters in, in, you know, running into fans who would, I'd end up in tears with them and crying in airports and all this crazy stuff. And I would jot down the notes about this thing, because like I said, it was kind of a phenomenon for me. I'd been doing a bunch of other bigger parts in, in bigger movies that, you know, nobody recognized me from. And, and, and so, you know, this was, this was very odd to me. And I always just sort of thought that was happening to James Earl and to Kevin and Tim Busfield whenever they were out someplace. But I, I realized after a while, I thought, oh, you know what? If you ran into Kevin Costner somewhere, you could talk to him about a dozen movies or, you know, even, you know, James Earl, obviously there's a million rooms in when people recognize me, it's invariably from, you know, field of dreams. Cause you know, my face at the most emotional part of the movie, there's my face 40 feet high. And, and I think it kind of is indelibly tattooed on the optic nerve of a lot of, uh, fathers and sons out there. So anyway, I thought, oh, you know what? This is a story that maybe only I can tell, you know, how many people have that kind of uh, recognition from one little, you know, small part they have in a movie. So I started writing about those. And then, of course, I, I wrote about my dad who, you know, I had a kind of rocky relationship with much like Ray Kinsella had with his dad and, and uh, you know, then him dying suddenly before, just before I went to shoot the movie, it it all tied together. And, uh, you know, plus we had such fun on the set. So I, I included all those stories in this book, uh, If You Build It. And, uh, you know, it's been great. I've got a 4.8 rating on Amazon and, uh, you know, uh, 400 reviews. It's 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 been a great uh, thing. People say it, it reads sort of like the movie plays. So it's a way for them to kind of extend their uh, enjoyment of the movie. And, and I was, that's just what I was trying to do. So I'm, I'm very grateful that it's uh, been as successful as it has. Well, we'd love to hear that. And we'll have all of this information in the episode description. We have taken way more time than we were allotted with Mr. Brown. Um, it's been a real pleasure, sir. Really appreciate having you on here. Some of these stories, you know, we could do this for hours on end because I have way more questions about it. Um, but truly, thank you for your time again, and uh, looking forward to some Browns this weekend, huh? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And hey, I got, I got one more question for you guys. Ooh. Hey, Kev. Hey, Rowan. Want to have a catch? <laughs> oh! Wow! You can't end that any better than that. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, they said you are going to end it better than that. Um, that was, wow, that was incredible. Uh, Mr. Brown, this is great. Thank you so much again. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Dogs of War podcast. For Dwyer, for Relic, and myself, good night, Cleveland.